This is Rondell Moore, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and today's another special edition of the podcast. We have a great interview for you with a really special wide receiver in the 2021 class. His name is Rondale Moore out of Purdue. Uh, we'll play that here in a minute. Byron was able to catch up with Rondale and have a pretty, um, pretty all-encompassing interview with the guy. It's, it's one of the more uh, detailed interviews that we've been able to do because Byron got him one-on-one for like 10, 15 minutes and was able to uh, dig in on certain aspects of his game and what he's working on. We'll have that here for you shortly. But first, just want to do sort of a quick breakdown and introduce you to the player. If he's somebody that you're unaware of or you're getting ready for your dynasty league drafts, or your best ball drafts, and you just kind of want to get a better idea of what we have on our hands here because Look, it, it's a it's a big, deep wide receiver class, and we're going to see a bunch of these guys go off the board in the rounds one through three. Um, so we'll just start from the beginning with with Rondale. Quickly, though, I w- want to just ask, please, if you're listening to this podcast and Apple Podcasts and you like the pod, if you guys could give us a rating and a review or just a rating, I don't care. Just, just go rate the podcast. If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, what you do is just go search for it. Or if you're listening right now, I think you can just scroll down on your phone and hit the stars. It'll take you two seconds. It'll help us out immensely. And we keep an eye on that. We really appreciate it. For everybody who's been rating the podcast recently, we do appreciate you guys. Thank you. Um, It it helps us immensely. It it, it helps people find the podcast. And it tells the people who are working with us on the management side and our marketing side and stuff like that to keep – it shows them to keep telling us to expend our resources doing this. So if you want more podcasts, please, please, please review, rate it in Apple Podcasts. All right. So Rondell Moore, I, I was I was thinking about it this weekend because I, I, I traveled this weekend to Dallas to see some workouts with some NFL draft guys and also some high school prospects at Michael Johnson performance and also um, went to the Under Armour All-American camp. And I was just thinking to myself out there. Man, some of these some of these players are good. <laughs> uh, is you know the camp circuit got shut down for most of 2020 because of the pandemic, and now that kind of thankfully that the you know the ends in sight with this deal, and we're kind of creeping towards the finish line. Camps are back, and you could tell that these guys are just itching to get back into these camps and uh, sort of show themselves off to the evaluators and the media. And it's for that reason, this camp in Dallas, this Under Armour camp, was the the most stacked that I seen really ever for a regional camp um it looked more like one of the you know one of the national rivals camp that they have in atlanta where it's just all the biggest four and five stars you know it wasn't quite to that level but you know for the talent on hand at a regional camp uh, you could just tell guys were itching to get back out there and it, it, it really showed and i thought to myself i was like jesus man this happens all the time to where 
you know, I see these players as they're coming out of high school and they're getting ready for college and we do our evaluations and stuff. And literally three years later, we're, we're talking about them for the NFL draft four years later. And we've been doing this long enough to where, you know, that's, that's happened a lot. And I was thinking to myself, which of these guys are going to be these, you know, these NFL guys soon that we're talking about on podcasts. And certainly um, that's how it was with, with Rondale Moore. He was a, only a three-star prospect out of uh out of what was he from st louis or no he's he was from louisville and uh i think rivals only had him ranked as i mean he wasn't you know he he wasn't a rivals 100 guy he was not even a rivals 250 guy but whenever he got down to the army all-american game there in 2018 is whenever you could really tell boy this you know this kid's got something to him um he Probably he's around five nine. I think he's going to weigh in somewhere like 180, 185 pounds. Purdue is going to have their pro day uh, a week from this Wednesday, I believe. And so we'll be able to get some times on Rondell Moore. We'll be able to see what his weight is. It's going to be really important for him. But um, whenever he came out, he originally committed to Texas. He decommitted from Texas, I think, wanting to stay closer to home and went to Purdue. And when he did, Jesus, he just – he burst onto the scene in his first game versus Northwestern. He had what, 11 receptions for 109 yards with a touchdown. He also had two rushing attempts for 79 yards and a touchdown with that. He also returned five kicks for 125 yards. So talk about a guy bursting onto the scene in his first, like an August 30th game, his first game in college. That's what he does in a Purdue loss to Northwestern. And throughout the course of the season, you just see these other monster lines, you know, 11 for 137 and one against Missouri, you know, eight catches versus Boston College for 110 and two, eight for 85 versus Nebraska, four for 101 and one at Illinois. Then the big one, the, the Ohio State game was whenever people really got to really know Rondell Moore as a household name that back in uh, 2018. It was 12 receptions for 170 yards and two touchdowns in that one. So, you know, if you just look at his game, his game log from his uh, freshman season, he was a guy that totally burst onto the scene as a super young, like age 18 guy. If you look at his breakout age over on playerprofiler.com, 18.2, meaning he, he was a 99th percentile guy. He came in and immediately dominated at the college level for his entire freshman season in 2018. People will say that over the course of the next two years, he was maybe a little bit disappointing because during the course of those two years, he had injuries. He's he, Rondell Moore's only played seven games in the last two seasons. But I, I think that that needs to – that comes with some explanation and, and, and some nuance. And um, – I think it was laid out pretty well by our friend Ray Garvin, who does the work of Destination Debbie and Roto Underworld and Fantasy Pros, and um, he, you know he knows Rondale Moore. And what 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 he says is that in the 2019 season, I believe. Let me look at the game log. I think that last game in 2019 was versus Minnesota. I want to make sure that's right. Yeah, Minnesota. So in twenty in twenty nineteen, Rondale Moore came out of the gate with eleven for one twenty four and one versus uh, Nevada, and then thirteen for two hundred twenty and one versus Vanderbilt. Had a down game versus TCU, and then versus Minnesota in week four of that season, Rondale Moore hurt his hamstring. 
Uh, it looked like a much worse injury. Uh, some people thought it was like an Achilles or an ACL. It was kind of a hamstring strain tear. Um, it was something that bothered him throughout the course of the season. There were reports that by the end of that 2019 season that, you know, Purdue might've been able to get him back on the field. But by that point in the season, the season was lost. They, they, they had no shot at bowl eligibility. There wasn't really reason to push back a guy that was going to be your future star. So he, he only got those four games in really three and a half games in, in the year 2019. And then 2020, of course, COVID hits. The Big Ten reacted horribly to it, um, much like the Pac-10, whereas the ACC, Big 12, SEC took more, uh, you know, less sort of reactive approaches and got their seasons in. The Big Ten eventually decided that they were going to play, if you remember. But uh, at that point in time, Rondale, Rondale Moore had already Rondell Moore opted out. Whenever he opted out, though, he did not hire a uh, he did not hire an agent. And so when they said, "Hey, we're we're going to play Big Ten football," um, starting in November or whatever it was, Rondell was like, "All right, you know, I'll give it a try." But apparently, during um, the period where uh, they were either during the period where they were getting ready, or just at some point in the season, there was a reaggravation of that same hamstring injury. Uh, even so, it's like last year and it's the 2020 season. I mean, he had two games with at least 13 receptions <laughs> that year. Um, so he, he was still very productive, but even as he was hampered with this hamstring that eventually, you know, left him out for the rest of the year. Uh, he only played in those three losses for Purdue, but was clearly the centerpiece of the offense, which he he bas- he, he always is when he's on the field for for Purdue. Um Rondale Moore, whenever I think about comparisons for him, I, I, I hear a lot of people talk about Tyreek Hill just because of the size and the speed and the complete game-breaking ability. I'm not entirely sure that he'll have Tyreek Hill speed. I don't know who really has Tyreek Hill speed. I don't know when we're going to see another prospect come out with Tyreek Hill speed. But I look at him and I see somebody like a he's just, he's just so hard to comp. I mean, I think Tyree kills a good comp because Tyree kill does seem to have that really powerful lower half of his body. Um, Rondale Moore, you know, you can look at him and you can say he's small, he, you know, he's undersized, whatever, but he's powerful. You know, he's one of these guys like Devin Duvernay that just, which is where's the armor. You know, I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, is he 180? Is he 185? Could, you know, is he 187? Is he 177? No, like, I, I don't I don't really know, but you can see some T.Y. Hilton to his game. You can see some, uh, you know, maybe on the maybe on the low end. Maybe you can see some. I, I, you know, one of my comps for him was was Richie James Jr. When when you think about how Richie James Jr. looked in college, where was he? he was at Middle Middle Tennessee State? A little bit of Devin Duvernay, as I mentioned earlier, and I think some throwing some Tyreek Hill into that mix. You know, T.Y. Hilton, Richie James, Tyreek Hill. Who, who else did I say? Uh, Duvernay. I mean, you, 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 you know, you throw all those three guys in, a, in, in, in the mix and bake up a cake. That's a pretty awesome cake as far as those comps are concerned. Uh, Rondell Moore, he just he plays like an absolute, absolute dog. He's a beast with the football in his hands. He's not a guy that um, is different than Tyreek and that he's not a dude that you really expect to, you know, burn you down the field and get over the top. Although I'm sure that that's an aspect of his game that we might be able to see. He just racks up these receptions with all these balls, with the offense just trying to get it into his hands. 
I did notice when I was looking at his profile on player profiler earlier that his college uh, yards per reception is only in the first percentile at 9.44 yards. And it makes sense. Rondell Moore was a player that, you know, those staffs just got involved in, you know, in the screen game and in, you know, these, these little bubbles and, you know, these, these intermediate routes, he's so quick and he's so shifty. Um, and he's just so strong. I mean, who, who's, who weighs 185 pounds and squats 600 pounds. That's what Rondell Moore – Jesus, 600 pounds. Rondell Moore squats 600 pounds. Like, for you guys that go to the gym, just that you can think about – okay, so on a squat rack, four plates. So four 45s – well, three 45s is three fifteen. So four 45s is 405. So five 45s would be 495. Jeez, Jesus, so six <laughs> plates on each side – is 585. So basically he has six plate, six plates, a 10 and a two and a half on each side. That's this crazy stuff. Like you hear about when, when you're a kid where you say like, you know, when your teacher tells you about like how, how strong an ant is, you know, it's like, well, if, if you, you know, for their size, you know, if, if, if an ant were your size, he could, he could push around a, like a Volkswagen or something like that. It's like Rondale Moore could push around a fucking Volkswagen. He could put over almost four times his body weight on his back, squat down to a parallel position and burst up out of that with, with that, with that, uh, with, with all that weight on his back. And you could see it in his game, man. He could take on defenders in the open field. Uh, it, it's not just his shiftiness and his quickness and his lateral agility, his change of direction, his burst, man. He's just got this drip. He's got this, twitch he's got another gear and he's just dangerous whenever you whenever you you see him you know in in the open field with the football in his hands and it's 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 why his team in college really 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 wanted really really wanted to make that happen as much as they possibly could you know with such a young breakout age with understanding that yes seven games over the course of the last two years that's you know that's concerning but as we talked about, and as Ray Garvin has pointed out, man, this is one hamstring injury. He's reportedly 100% healthy at this point. He's going to be a, uh, a top 50 pick. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Rondell Moore go in the first round. Uh, he'll go no later than the second round. I think his testing will have a lot to do with this. And, uh, you know, I think the weight measurement will have a lot to do with it. But I think you'll be able to tell from this interview, he's a, he's a, he's a really, good, um, really good talker. He seems very comfortable in his own skin. Seems like an excellent communicator. Seems like a dude who you get on the phone with if you're one of these GMs and you say, well, this is shit. This is a guy that I'd like to have in my locker room. If you're in a dynasty league, Jamar Chase is going to, you know, Jamar Chase is going to go early. Devontae Smith is going to go early. It doesn't matter if it's super flex in a rookie draft. It doesn't matter if it's, uh, if it's, if it's a one quarterback league you know it's like it's uh, there's gonna be a point in time where the Rondale Moore tier comes around and you're gonna have to know who he is it's probably gonna be after Devontae Smith it's probably gonna be after Jamar Chase it's probably gonna be after Jalen Waddle but after that man you start getting in the pocket where you know if he's your type of player you it's, it's gonna be okay if you're going wide receiver there to pull the trigger on on Rondale Moore even you know landing destination unseen everything else clearly you know landing spot is you know, everything, well, it, it isn't everything, 
The landing spot sure does mean a lot. Draft capital sure does mean a lot. There are still aspects to Rondell Moore's profile that we're going to have to, you know, we have to get into our brains and assimilate and figure out. But as we're doing this right now, it's like, who's next after Waddle? Is it Rashad Bateman? Is it Rondell Moore? Is it Terrace Marshall? I'd venture to say Rashad Bateman's good. I, it, it really is. I think you're going to have a Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore type of decision on your hands. And at that point, it's like, who are you more interested in? The guy that profiles a little bit more like a, you know, like a Michael Thomas or an Allen Robinson type, or the guy who profiles more like a T.Y. Hilton, Richie James, Devin Duvernay with a dash of Tyreek Hill, or maybe like Curtis Samuel type of type of player, you know, a, a, dy- a dynamic weapon that can amass massive volume if a team decides that they want to use him uh, in, a, in a way that's, that's featured and, you know, whether or not there's a, a place in the NFL for a, a, you know, a five foot nine, five foot 10, 185 pound um, feature wide receiver. I think, I think it's been answered with, with, with guys like Tyreek Hill. I'm not sure that Rondell Moore is going to have the same kind of speed as Tyreek Hill. And so I think that's what leads some people to say that, uh, you know, if he's not going to be a number one, what are we really getting out of this guy? Um, if we're going to be, you know, expending this kind of draft capital for, you know, dynasty with him. To that, I would say, you know, you want special players on your dynasty teams. And um, Rondell Moore, certainly, he's a special player and a special class of wide receivers. And it's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot of internal debate for us whenever our dynasty rankings come out and, you know, talking about where he's going to, where he is going to end up. But certainly uh, somebody who you need to know, who he is, somebody who, if you haven't seen him, just go turn on the highlights and acquaint yourself with Rondale Moore. And remember, you know, the knock on him that you're going to hear is that he's injury prone. Just remember, this is one injury. It's a hamstring injury. This isn't, you know, Stevie Johnson, who, you know, truly was injury prone because he would hurt his ab and that would end up hurting his hamstring and that would end up doing something to, you know, give him a knee injury as he's compensating for all that stuff. That's not what happened with Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore had a weird COVID deal. Rondale Moore had a weird COVID season. Rondale Moore had a a re-aggravation of one injury after opting out and coming back in during a cockamamie big 12 episode. You got to take all these things into account in this, in this 2021 draft. This is what we're dealing with. There are some things that we know and some things that we don't know. But the, look, here's the thing that we know. Rondale Moore is a sick, sick man. I'm glad we got to interview him. Here he is talking with Byron. All right, Byron Lambert here with Rondell Moore, junior wide receiver out of Purdue. Uh, Rondell, thanks so much for spending a couple of minutes with me today. Uh, let's go ahead and just jump right in here. So how do you feel about the NFL draft process so far? Honestly, if I had to put it in one word, I'd say excited. The process has obviously been a little unorthodox simply because, you know, the unprecedented times with Corona and whatever is going on. But um, exciting, to say the least. Uh, a little bit crazy, but, um, you know, I'm ready. What has stood out to you so far in the process? Just, I mean, how um, important time is, honestly, crazy enough. And I say that simply because in the midst of, you know, working out and eating right and getting the proper rest, you have all these Zoom meetings and uh, media to attend to. So, um, you know, just the importance of your time and, you know, scheduling out your days to make sure you're getting the most out of them. Well, part of the reason we like talking to you guys as you're going through this process is so that fans can begin to get to know you as players and as humans. And I always think it's interesting to ask Rondell, like, 
what's something about you that maybe most people don't know or um, aren't aware of? Yeah, so I've actually got asked this question a few times and I'll tell the same answer. So I could, if I honestly wanted to put my mind to it and do it, I think I could be a gymnast um, and like I can, you know, tumble, do plethora of backflips and, you know, tucks and fools and whatever. So I think if I wanted to be a gymnast, I probably could. Well, the explosiveness sure does show up on tape. I mean, gymnasts are crazy, crazy athletes. So I guess that's uh, that's pretty interesting. I haven't heard that one before. Now, you have been preparing for the NFL draft. You've been preparing for your pro day, which I believe takes place on March 23rd, the last I saw. Right. And you have chosen to train at the Exos Performance Facility there in Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Can you tell me, Rondell, why did you choose Exos? Why did you choose this per a specific facility? I honestly am not too big with, you know, glitz and glamour. I thought this was more so the low key spot. Uh, obviously I uh, had a conversation with my agent and uh, kind of took his guidance with it. Cause you know, obviously I'm new to this. It's my first rodeo. A big part of it was David Blau. Uh, he's actually at Detroit right now and plays quarterback. So I knew I'd always have an arm if I wanted to throw and, you know, just being comfortable with someone I know down here. So uh, that was kind of the decision on my end. And how's the experience been there so far? It's been great. I think, I mean, the staff here is great. Training staff, the, uh, Brent, who's basically our speed coach, has, has been great. Jordan, strength coach. And, you know, everyone from, you know, Jamie, Justin, um, everyone has just been, you know, really welcoming and friendly and felt like family since the day I got here. So uh, it's been cool. I've learned a lot and, uh, and I've got a lot better since I've been here. Well, that raises an interesting point. You say you learned a lot. I mean, what's your number one takeaway from your time at Exos? Like, what's the one that you, thing you're going to keep with you that uh, you're going to hang on to uh, from your from your time there? The importance of uh, mobility and just making corrections to your body to prevent injury, to you know, work out soreness, and uh, how important it is to just eat the right things and things of that sort. So to get on a schedule where you're having a shake every day at the same time or a meal every day at the same time and getting treatment at certain times is just important. And I didn't really realize it until I got here and I, you know, I've been on a schedule for eight or nine weeks or so. So uh, that'll definitely be a big takeaway for me. Well, clearly it sounds like Exos is an excellent option for performance athletes looking to train uh, and improve their performance. So that's, that's a, that's fantastic. I know it's a highly regarded facility um, in the Dallas area. So let me ask you, I'll turn a little bit uh, more to your football career here, Rondell. What, when you think about your time at Purdue, your college career, mm -hmm. what stands out to you the most? Definitely the Ohio State game in 2018. We got the upset. Ohio State was ranked number two at the time. Um, we had a huge fan of ours, Tyler Trent, who was um, on our side that night and I'm not sure how much you know about his story, but, you know, he passed away from bone cancer and was a huge fan of ours, a great supporter, um, and, you know, just kept his faith throughout the whole process of what he was going through and uh, just showed how strong and courageous he was. But that night was just amazing for, I think, the school, this program, um, for the fans, and then, you know, for the players especially. Being able to storm the field and get the upset was really a highlight of my career, to be honest. That's pretty neat. There's just some things you can't put a price tag on, right? Like moments okay. like that are just, they'll stay with you for life and they're unforgettable. That's, uh, that's, that's really, really neat. I think when 
um, maybe casual fans are looking at your college profile right now as we're going through this NFL draft process. And I would imagine it's probably something the NFL teams are looking into as well a little bit. Can you talk to us a little bit? Why? I know you had the stellar 2018 season. It was an absolute monster for maybe those that haven't paid as close attention to your career. Can you tell us a little bit why Rondell, maybe you only played, I think it was seven games over the last two seasons. Yeah, that first season uh, was really a chunk that I did miss, and I and that was simply a freak thing. It was um, basically I stepped wrong. My back was buzzing out. Tried to reroute. I got skinny, um, and I basically overextended. And it's a grade one strain on my hamstring. And no knee, no surgeries, no shots, no anything. It was basically elongated from the top of my knee to the bottom of my butt. So throughout my whole hamstring, and that's why the recovery was so long. Um, you know, I was healthy probably two, three weeks after that season ended. And from there, I've been healthy ever since. Um, I went through spring ball work, uh, summer workouts, mat drills, whatever. And then, um, Corona rolls around and, you know, I opt out. I'm at home training. I come back with two weeks into camp that third week. Uh, my load's pretty high and I really wasn't listening to my body. Um, didn't do a great job of managing myself. So you now I was basically running a post and felt it grab a little bit, um, but I'm going to note that it was a different uh, muscle, same hamstring, different muscle. Um, and, and I probably missed about eight, nine days of practice. Uh, so it was like a two week deal. Um, and when you say I missed seven games, we only got a chance to play six uh, this previous year. So it's not like we played a whole season and I missed seven, you know, games in the last two seasons. Like we didn't play a full season, but um, yeah, that was, that's pretty much the base, the meat and potatoes. I've had two grade one hamstrings of different muscles. Um, I've had no surgeries. Um, I've had no setbacks since then. So, uh, you know, just unfortunate on my end, you know, and for me, it's just playing the cards I was dealt. So I wouldn't put too much emphasis on it. I, I think it'll uh, be refreshing for me to get a restart and, you know, go play. Well, certainly these are unprecedented times this last year, especially in, you're not going to be alone. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of players that, you know, didn't play as many games as we're accustomed to seeing. And I think the NFL teams are, you know, they're just going to have, they're going to have to deal with it. And the tape is excellent. And, you know, I know um, we're all looking forward to the pro day workout, something that they'll be monitoring as well. So, you know, thinking back, I, I think it's always interesting to understand with a player like Rondell, when was the aha moment? When did you realize you could play in the NFL? I think it became a, ra a reality for me, probably, I mean, my freshman year, honestly. So as an 18-year-old, when I got to college and I was going through camp um, and, you know, I was performing well for myself, I thought. And obviously when I got to that first Northwestern game, it was no doubt in my mind that, you know, I had the ability to go out there and, you know, um, be a good player every single weekend. So I'd probably say as an 18-year-old freshman. Well, I'd like to piggyback off of that question. Um, it's a big step up in competition from college to the NFL. Right. And I guess, uh, you know, it, it's interesting to understand what makes you personally confident that you can consistently beat NFL caliber defensive backs. I mean, when I look my myself in the mirror at night before I go to bed I know I've done everything I can do that day to get better as a player and as a person um and that's what makes me satisfied and comfortable with going out there and being able to do it um I've obviously been best been blessed with some God-given abilities and 
Um, obviously, I've used everyone around me to, you know, expand on those skills. But, man, I just I just know I work hard um, and, you know, I continue to, you know, just grind day in and day out. So I think for me, confidence is is uh, a huge thing, especially as a receiver. Um, and I, I don't see there's any reason for me not to have confidence. So that's pretty much it on that end. Football is such an emotional game. You can see on the field how the confidence for some players, you know, that really, really pays off. What do you, when you analyze the wide receiver position, Rondell, what do you feel the most important trait for a wide receiver is? Most important, I think just running out of your breaks. I mean, um, at the end of the day, as a wide receiver, your job is to get open. So being able to separate um, at the top of your route, I think is an important trait for a wide receiver. And what do you see as your best skill as a wide receiver? Uh, my ability to play with tempo. So tempo. when I say, when I say that, um, I, I just mean like, you know, slow, fast, green, yellow, whatever, being able to stick one foot in the ground, being able to stick two feet in the ground. So just getting out of my brakes faster. And what areas do you think you maybe need to improve on the most? Is there one area that stands out to you? Like that's the area I really, really want to focus on improving or working on. I wouldn't say there's one area in my game that I'm just deficient in. I think um, it'll be important for me to continue to build on my game overall. So just to be a complete route runner would um, be important to me. So being able to run every route in the book is something I'm working on now. And how are you? It seems to me that the kind of the questions floating around about your draft profile in the NFL media and draft media seem to surround, you know, the durability, the games play that we talked about um, a little bit earlier, maybe size is, are those things coming up with NFL teams and how are you addressing those particular questions? Doesn't come up. Excuse me. That doesn't come up. Does not come up. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's interesting. It's just funny when you're living the reality probably versus what you see out there in the media sometime, I'm sure it makes you want to, your head want to explode, but that's why we do these interviews is to kind of dismiss, and dispel those, those kinds of things. I know that we're all very, very excited about uh, seeing you on Sundays, Rondell. We want you to have a healthy and you know, spectacular career. Before we get out of here, tell me, what is your favorite route? If you had one last play call in your career, what, what would it be? What would the route be? Um, backside is man coverage backside. I'm, and I've got a slant and the DB's press. Well, you say a slant, and I know a lot of folks are throwing around DJ Moore, Tyler Boyd, even Steve Smith type comps because of your physicality. Do you have uh, a player in the NFL you admire or that you see similarities between or that maybe you, you, you think your game shapes up like? Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys. I think I'm a unique um, player. Um, I, you know, possess a lot of different qualities that help me win. Um, and that could be with speed, that could be with power, that could be putting my foot in the ground, making you miss. So, I mean, there's a ton of guys you could, um, you know, name. But for me, a guy that I like to study or, um, you know, just watch would include Julio. I mean, Diggs, Keenan Allen, uh, Cole Beasley, Cooper Cup. So those guys all win differently on Sunday. So I think it's important to kind of get a variety of everyone and see what you want to add in your game. But for me, those are the guys I like the most.